Good afternoon. This is the Keys bartender coming to you from it's a soaking, soaking rainy day here in Key Largo. Um, yes, even though you hear me talk about being hurricane season, it's also a wet season. We get, we get rain. It kind of it's dry most of the summer. You know, every so often we do get some rain jacks, but now we have. Uh, precipitation and it's Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. It's normally some of the busiest days. People from South Florida coming down here uh, to the Keys. Right? And they want to do what you want to do in the Keys. If you're in the Upper Keys and Amarada and Marathon, that involves being on the water, maybe fishing. You can also do that down in Key West, but Key West has a lot of daytime activities. Uh, like bar hopping, entertainment there, all that sort of stuff. Not so much in the Upper Keys. So as a restaurant and a bar, this is actually a really good thing for us in the Keys because, uh, especially the Upper Keys, because the people can't be on the water. I mean, they can be on the water if they want, but you're not going to be doing much fishing. You're not going to be doing much water sports. You're not going to be doing what sun. It's not rainy all day. It's only for, it looks like it's going to be like an hour and a half or so. But in the middle of the day, it's right around 2 o'clock. That kind of takes a little steam out of your plans. The people that have been out early, they come home early. People that were about to go out don't go out. And people that were going out later in the night, they're still going to go out anyway. And when nighttime rolls around, because we've had rain over the past week, we have a lot of those annoying bugs down here. No matter what they do, they do a lot of, uh, what we call, flying, those pest mitigation. Uh, we have a mosquito control board, and we do a lot of uh, mosquito control down here. Whatever they do with sprays, pesticides, uh, genetically altered mosquitoes, which a lot of people bitched about for a while. Um, but mosquitoes seem to have been mitigated. We don't have a lot of, you know, all the bitching people said about that. Who knows, you know, in the future there could be uh, issues arising from gen genetically modified mosquitoes. But we haven't seen any 20-foot uh, long mosquitoes yet, Right? I told you about my theory behind that. People were worried about the genetically altered mosquitoes. They're, they're making the male mosquitoes sterile. So, and it's only certain uh, species of it. It's, I forget the name. The Aedes aegypti, I think. Wow, that just came out of my The Aedes aegypti uh, mosquito, which is the one that's primarily responsible for Malaria, yellow fever, dang fever, all those swamp things are because of the Aedes aegypti. And it's not because the mosquito is innately bad. It's because that mosquito is attracted to the kind of expiration that humans experience. Yes, CO2. They detect CO2 and uh, they're, they're attracted to it. So if you go to places where there's no humans, there's keys out there, uh, in our chain off to the side you know the Florida Keys aren't just in 43 islands in a straight row they are they're connected in a straight row but there's other keys uh, off to the side 
and a lot of them aren't populated, you won't find any Aedes aegypti there. They're just primarily where humans are. And uh, I'm getting a little sidetracked. But at night, after we've had rainy periods, uh, we have controlled the mosquito population. But there's still things that, uh, like no seams and gnats and things like that. They're very annoying. They bite. Uh, not as bad as other things, but they are an annoyance. And they drive people inside. And when they drive people inside, they have a tendency to move away from the venues that are on the water or near the water or in view of the water because there's no use being outside because of those uh, insects. And they come to inside venues. And if they're going to come to an inside venue, might as well go to a place with entertainment. It's kind of fun. And that's our place. And we do really well. And we've been doing pretty good on the weekends. You know, this is off-season, if you've been following the previous shows. But we've also get little spikes in traffic down here because we have people that live in South Florida that come down here, people with vacation homes, people just visiting. And we still get vacationers because they recognize the uh, value of coming down when it's not as busy because everything's not everything's cheaper, but it seems like fuel prices are a little cheaper. Definitely hotel rooms are cheaper. And we'll experience a little uptick in that. So we don't rejoice in having people's plans ruined because you don't come down to the Keys to hang out in the bar necessarily. Some people do. Some people do. They just need to get away from home. and uh, But if they are in the Keys and they can't be in the water and they can't be alongside the water or outside, you might as well come to our place. And that's where you make your money. You try to make the most of it. The most of it. And that's what uh, we're fortunate having, you know, all you need is a working air conditioner, a good venue inside, a little live entertainment, and bim, bam, boom, you have your weekend. Uh, You've heard also that the locals down here don't necessarily like going out on holiday weekends. Now, some of them do go out, hit the sandbar and things like that. But once again, it is a downpour right now. There could be people at the sandbar right now waiting it out under the cover of their awnings on their boats and things like that. But generally, they get deserted when a storm like this comes rolling in. And they don't recover much after 3.30, 4 o'clock because... They only have a benefit, you know, putting a boat in the water, fueling it up, going out, cleaning it up is some work. So if you're not going to go out for like three hours, a lot of times people don't find it useful. So we're we're kind of gaming the system down here. And today is my first day back from work from the procedure I had. And I'm going in with a couple restrictions And what I wanted to talk briefly about is working with some physical uh, debilities, let's say. Right now, I'm at the end of my, I think it's my restrictions. I had uh, some, I'm not even going to go over the details. I can't, if you, you haven't listened to go back a show or two and you'll find out what I did, what happened. But I can't lift 
says over 10 pounds, but it's kind of gradually and stuff like that. So I'll be watching when I'm, I, I won't be moving any kegs, let's say. I can be lifting bottles, I can be lifting six packs and things like that, but I won't be doing anything super heavy. I'm just trying to keep it under 20 pounds. I will be keeping it under 20 pounds because there's one thing I sure I don't like to do. I don't like to be uh, put in, having to go to the doctors because of doing something stupid when someone specifically told me not to do something. And we've all done that in life where we get in a little bit of trouble when someone specifically told us what not to do. We go and do it and then uh, it's that fuck around and find out thing. And that's what I don't like doing anymore because the one thing the one benefit of getting older is the perceived perception that you're a bit wiser and if you don't get that wiser benefit what the fuck's worth getting older then not that you're getting prettier you're not getting slimmer well some people are getting slimmer but you're, you're not getting younger. You, you, it's, it's one of the only things. It's not like you're experiencing less aches and pains and things like that. In a rare circumstance, sure, there's people out there experience less aches and pains. For my, my case, uh, I can speak about myself. Uh, feeling a, a bit better, a little more energetic. I've noticed that on a couple of days. I only had one cup of coffee today, and I'm still energetic. I didn't get the afternoon sleepy thing. I still think it has to do with the uh, extra blood, uh, blood flow to my heart. It's not extra blood flow to my mouth, it looks like. But working with disabilities, I've done this. Disabilities. Or debilitations. I don't know if that's actually a word, debilitation, or any restrictions. So I've known people to work with bad backs. Oh my God, how do you work with a bad back when there's so much involved in bartending, bending down, picking up, and things like that? The back thing issue is almost an impossibility with a bartender. Um, any neck injury, that's also difficult because you got to, one of the jobs that you need to have your head on a swivel, you know, having to turn your whole body around. That just doesn't work. Your arms and your shoulders. You know, if you're having one arm, that is, uh, there are one-handed bartenders. I know there's one-handed bartenders, and you know, there are people that quickly adapt and they become even faster. Some amazing things that people do. But I'm talking about people that get an injury and being restricted. They didn't develop those workarounds where they can become a one-handed bartender. And let's quickly go back. When I'm referring to bartender, I'm, I know it's weird. I was just thinking about it. I'm referring to men and women. Okay? So having restrictions, like I have restrictions now on both hands. I mean, I can't lift over 10 pounds. And I'm going to hold on to that because most bottles aren't it. There's no, unless you're picking up one of those huge, giant bottles of champagne. Right? The giant magnums of champagne that gets close to 10, 10 pounds, I guess. You know, a gallon of milk is not even that much. A gallon of milk is like eight pounds. It's so close. So, but with your bad back, your bad uh, neck, your bad leg, one leg, 
And, and I'm not talking about a permanent disability. Once again, there's people that get around in that. I'm sure there's people with artificial legs and work with some kind of accommodation. But with temporary issues, you cannot, it's very difficult to develop a workaround in the speed that you need. You need to make drinks. So if I had to make a drink with one hand, if I had one hand that was in a sling, I would be slowed down to a quarter of my speed because I'm so used to, you know, scooping a drink, doing a double pour. When I say a double pour, pouring the liquor and putting in the mix at the same time. That's just my thing. Other people can be quick doing it other ways. But, and I don't need, uh, when we use storm pourers sometimes, I, I don't know if you're familiar, there are plastic storm pourers that have a plastic spout that taper off to a hard plastic spout. And so there's an air intake at the top of the spout and some people stick a straw in there and that adds more airflow into the uh, pour and it has the, uh, the mixer come out, the orange juice, sour mix, pineapple, quicker. But if you're a double pour, meaning you're using both sides. You want to take your vodka and pineapple at the same time. Thousand one, thousand two. Stop the vodka. Finish up with the pineapple. Drinks ready. On you know, yeah. Assuming you have the ice in the glass already, and you move it to your tray. Yeah, that's that's it. So one, if I was going to do one hand, I would do ice, liquor, thousand one, thousand two. Then I put that bottle down and then pick up the pineapple and do it at the end. You can see how much longer that would take. It actually takes a little more than twice because you're picking up and putting down the bottles separately. And then you have to do it. You're adding everything's double the time. And even the time in between when you're putting it down and picking it up. So I'm going to have a tendency, when I look at something, I look at, uh, especially this, it's so sweet now, having the POS system where my drink orders come up in a list and I can look at the drink. I say, like, I have two vodka cranberries of a vodka pineapple. I have this and one's on the rocks with a splash of this and, and then there's wine and beer. So I might go and get my wine first and then start on my beers. I mean, yeah, normally you say, well, beers you do last because you got foam in it and stuff. Well, some of the, sometimes certain beers get real foamy, like your IPAs or Yingling for some reason. Other ones, not so much. But if I have those, I make allowances for it. And drinks take for, you know, like a split second most of the time. Even the, the Long Island iced tea where I'm putting five different liquors. You're doing vodka, gin, rum, tequila, uh, and triple sec. With your sour mix and your Coke. <clears throat> You're pouring, I'm pouring uh, two to three liquors at a time. Uh, less than a one one thousand, one one thousand, triple sec, sour mix, Coke, out the door. That's one of the drinks you don't shake. You don't shake your juice drinks. You don't chase, uh, shake them at all. Like you don't shake the Bloody Mary. I know. I didn't know that for the longest time. But you don't shake your juice drinks. And you don't, you don't really shake, shake anything other than, like, you can do um, some of the fruit juice, orange and cranberry and things like that. But shaking is mainly for things like um, martinis, 
uh, maybe like white Russians or any of the sea breezes, bay breezes, madras, you could. But you don't necessarily have to because some of the elegance of the drink is having a little blend through with it. So now with the lifting things, when the beer runs out, the kegs, I'll wait for a keg. I'll wait for someone to hook it up instead of me running to get it because I'm a little impatient. Well, I got to let that patience go by. And the owner of the my uh, the establishment worker doesn't mind that she's working one night with a bartender that's not not at 100 percent because we'll make up I'll make for it up for it in the speed of making the drinks and doing other things. Okay, because my value doesn't come from that. Your value doesn't necessarily have to come to doing every job. So if you have a a bad back, you're going to have to make allowances for not bending down, right? Or your, or your neck or anything like that. But just let it be known. It's going to do something to your performance. And it especially needs to be known when you have a busy, busy weekend coming up. So you should be prepared. Prepared to be a little slower. But also be prepared that your experience should be able to override almost uh, any of the minor restrictions that you have. Okay, I wanted to talk about if you are a listener show or just a new listener show. If you'd like to support the show, go to our website. <clears throat> Sorry, I got to clear my throat. www.keysbartender.com. Go to gear, Keys Bartender gear, and it's um, there's hats, shirts, wine mugs, uh, coffee mugs, uh, water bottles, uh, tank tops. A hoodie. I think there's a hoodie on there, and it's all uh, all the profits go to the show. It helps us make a better show. We're gonna be changing uh, the quality. Maybe changing. It. The more we sell, the more likely we take it on the road. The more we can, likely we can monetize this. I don't have the, you know, there's no danger of us having too many commercials right now, though. The commercials you hear on the services that you have, they're provided by the services. We get a little bit of that back uh, in revenue, but it's nothing like having your own sponsorship or selling your own merchandise. So if you'd like to support the show, go to keysbartender.com, go to Keys Bartender Gear and order some products down there. You get some nice products to show you that you like the show and you tell people, what's that Keys Bartender? Oh, some old guy. Uh, bartender, not old looking, pretty fit, though I may sound old right now. Getting to this, I have, uh, I did speak yesterday about getting, uh, making connections with old friends from high school and college. It is so nice. And it's also so nice getting past the birthday because I reached the 60 mark. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, there's some people, they, they do celebrate birthdays for the month or a couple weeks after. I don't do that stuff. I got one day. I don't even like celebrating that one day. But it's nice just being past it. And then you just do it. I'm back. I'm finished my operation. Uh, we're out of season right now. We, we The restaurant that I work at, it, it stays relatively busy on the weekends. So we don't lose a lot of income. And I get to do the things I like to do best, which is work 
do the podcast, my spinning, and uh, being generally being healthy. I, you know, until I kind of took it for granted of my health until my father passed away in uh, late January. And then we had about a month later, a uh, month and a half later, we had the memorial service where I traveled up. And then you start thinking of that. And then immediately after, four days after my father's memorial service, I had my incident, my heart incident, where I knew I found out I wasn't all that well inside uh, with the blockage, with the... Uh, you know, temp- it was an AFib that may have been caused by factors outside, but I, I just found out that, you know, even though you look good on the outside doesn't mean you're actually good on the inside. And we know all know that's the case, but I really took it for granted. I really took it for granted and until this past Wednesday when they cleared my blockage in, in my 100% blockage in one artery and the doctor told me it was there for a while. I don't know if I psychosomatically felt better or it's actual physical manifestation of the more blood flow, but I do feel more uh, energetic right now. And I haven't, I mean, last day at the gym, I went to the gym on Tuesday. I would have went Wednesday morning if I could have gotten away with it. Uh, but I wasn't eating after midnight, so I didn't want to use up any calories before uh, the procedure. And I can't wait. I can't wait, actually, to get back into the gym. I got my restrictions lifted for uh, lifting and doing whatever. I, well, not doing exactly whatever I want. I'm keeping my head that I I wear a heart rate monitor. Uh, I always watch with a heart rate monitor and I watch what my heart rate's doing, but I haven't experienced one incidence of, um, a, you know, an extremely high heart rate since that event. And I'm going to be doing that a lot, um, you know, restructuring my workout, doing, a, you know, a longer cardio without the super intensity of it and then strength training without going super heavy because I want to preserve my joints. But it has given me a new appreciation. And I don't really feel as if I need to use more stimulants anymore because, you know, there's nothing... I mean, it's like the... the, It's, you know, when they call it, use big, oh, this is the lifeblood of... Money is the lifeblood of the economy. Or oil is the lifeblood of your vehicle. Whatever. Keep on saying lifeblood because blood is very important. And it flow throughout the system. It, your blood is for the transport of oxygen and for the disposal of the um, refuse of your respiration system, CO2 and things like that. Mainly CO2, right? So with more blood flow going to my body, I guess maybe I'm feeling a little more energetic. Maybe it's adding a little to more, more to my brain. It's certainly, I don't feel as if I have that cloud anymore when I'm doing the podcast. If you listen to the shows up until a week ago, there'll be just times where I'm just getting kind of like a Mitch McConnell pause and no insult to them. Even though I disagree with the guy's politics and stuff like that, it's a horrible thing to be happening. But 
I used to have these pauses where it's, it wasn't the same as his pause, but it was be a pause in my thoughts. I just lose the train of my thought. Now I seem a little more focused, a little more energetic. So when I start something, it seems to uh, follow through whatever conclusion it's going to go to. How messed up I do things, I understand. But I just don't go lose that train of thought. And that's great. And I'm very grateful that I had, uh, even though I talk about making drinks and all that stuff, I haven't had a drink in, it's going to be four years, right? It'll be four years this December 19th. And I had seven years prior to that, five years prior to that, which I had to go out, we say, uh, in my group, we say I had to go out and do a little more research to see if it really was a problem. And I'm telling you, it really was a problem. And luckily, I didn't have huge repercussions for going back out and I had the ability to come back. But if I was still doing the thing for almost four years, and I, I have a, an inkling that when the doctor said I had that blockage for a long time, it either was almost 100% when I went back to being, or when I went back to living a sober life, uh, that the blockage was already there or was almost complete. Because I started feeling, people always said to me, in the last couple months, uh, even before the um, heart attack, they said, uh, you know, you look pale. Look pale. And pale, you know, could be blood flow. Even though I had to work around and go to the gym, it was an effort. It was a real effort to go to the gym. It was an effort to get up in the morning. Even though the thing that really keeps me from staying in bed all day is I can't stay in bed all day because my back starts hurting. And I realize I don't have as much back pain when I go and work out. And I had one of the nurses, it was interesting, one of the nurses that worked on me in the ER is uh, a, she comes in every so often and she heard that I was teaching spinning again. And I said, I was teaching spinning for the last four months or three, three and a half months. And she got kind of angry at me and she said, why are you doing that? Blah, 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 blah. And I said, listen, I have to live the lifestyle I need. And otherwise I would have been even more uh Set, uh, I would leave a more, what would you call it, a sedative lifestyle or, you know, just inactive. Inactivity is, is a bugaboo for me. I, I am longing to do nothing other than do the dead scroll on, on social media or listen to uh, watch uh, Netflix and, and Amazon and uh, HBO Max. I can do that all day long. But having extra energy makes me a little antsy. And I realize I feel better. And I convince myself through years of doing this that I've, I, I've accepted. I bought into the idea that even though it doesn't feel great to be working out, I feel great after working out. The results of working out make me feel great. A little of it was is vanity. I want to look my best and stuff like that. But a lot of it has to do with feeling better. 
and being active. There's nothing I can do to stop the aging process, but there's things I can do, and you've heard me say this before in the past, to alleviate the symptoms of aging, alleviate those so much, and you know, creating balance, strength, uh, cardio flow, strengthening the heart. I'm, I'm really excited to see what I can do now without really pushing the boundaries. Now, I got the, you know, I got the little defibrillator in. It really doesn't add any extra power to me, but I can tell people it's like a power pack, like an Iron Man. I tell them, what's this? It's an energy cell, and it gives me 100% more strength and stuff like that. No, it doesn't. Actually, it's there in case my heart would go into uh, AFib again, which... Uh, I hope it doesn't, but there it is. And it's good for, I guess, around another 12 years. He said it would be about 13 years. I would say 12 years. You're probably going to look at it after probably 11 years. So in 2034 or 33, 2033, they probably look at it and say, oh, you need a battery change. Or maybe they can, you know, if nothing happened, say, you know, nothing happened. For years, maybe we should just, you know, if you're going in there, maybe just take it out. Um, and and I, I did ask my doctor about the medication and stuff like that. No, I think he volunteered this, if I remember correctly. He says uh, when they do a reevaluation and go in for a reevaluation in a week and a half, we'll see about maybe taking you off some of that medication if it's advisable. And I hope that it is. I hope that it is. We'll see that. I mean, they may do a little test. They probably have to wean me off to see how the blood pressure goes, the heart rate goes. I mean, heart rate wasn't a problem before, but then again, who knows what the medicine is doing or not doing right now. And that's up to the doctor. And I'm really good about following that stuff. But I also want to do anything I can to tip those scales my way. And part of it, like I said earlier, is a sober lifestyle. That also helps me with my mental thing. And I was feeling a little anxious and depressed over the last couple months. And having the opening and the blood flow and just thinking that may, I know I just have to do something If I had it done, I know I have to continue doing the things that serve me well. And if I hadn't done all those things prior, which I didn't say, I mean, it probably was if those unique circumstances showed up and I hadn't had taken care of myself, kept myself in a very high level of cardio fitness and cardio, my my, my whole vas- cardiovascular system being somewhat trained, even though it wasn't perfect, kept me alive in that incident. And it happened at a place, the hospital, where they could, you know, do the best to bring me back. And they did. And I'm happy for that. I'm going to try to do my, my best to keep it that way. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening. Remember, if you'd like to support the show, go to keysbartender.com. Check out Bar- Keys Bartender gear, pop Uh, powered by Spotify. I'll be back again. Thank you. Have a great Labor Day weekend.